millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter. Now, usually this podcast brings you the best of our radio show on Talk Radio, but we've decided due to coronavirus that actually it'd probably be more useful for you to hear from some brilliant women about some of the topics that are top of the agenda now. We are not going to be talking COVID-19 every week, but we are going to be talking how to make your life better in lockdown, how to look after yourself and how to stay sane in the midst of all the uncertainty. First up, we meet Anna Codriorado and Tiff Philippou from the Is This Working podcast. Hi. Hi, Hello. hi. Let's start with some intros. Uh, Tiff, you can start. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, why you came here. Tell Graham. My name is Tiffany Philippou and I am the co-host of Is This Working podcast, which um, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about, but it's all about how we can make work work better for us. And I'm also a writer and I write about work, life, love, and all those other really important things that make life worth living. Oh, the big questions. I love that. Uh, Anna. Hello, Anna. Hi. Hello. Tell, tell us about you. Uh, so my name is Anna and I am the other half of the Is This Working podcast team. And I also am a journalist. Um, I write a lot about work culture and working life. And I have a newsletter that I write, which is called The Professional Freelancer. And it's all about how to make a happy and successful self-employed career and it's brilliant it's genuinely brilliant it's brilliant because Anna writes newsletters which actually tell you what to do I, I mean, Tiff and I also both write newsletters Tiff's newsletter is also brilliant but it's just more like our general musings on the world Anna's is like and now do this this and this and here's the exact wording and you can take it copy and paste it off you go it's very helpful so ladies today I've got you on the show because I wanted to talk a little bit about our new working culture in the crazy times that we kind of find ourselves in and I thought that you two were the right people to talk about this for a couple of reasons partly because you're both experts in working culture and you talk about it and write about it lots anyway but also because prior to all of us working from home and having to figure out how on earth we motivated ourselves when we didn't have to get out of bed in the morning um you were both doing it 
for yourselves and making work work for you. So to start us off, my first question, what did work look like for you before coronavirus and what does it look like now? How has it changed? Anna, do you want to start? So by and large, it work looks fairly similar to me pre-corona and right now Mm -hmm. because I'm a journalist and um, although things are really crazy in the media industry right now the industry is still continuing so I'm not in a I'm not working in a sector that has been brought to a halt as a result of this whole thing that being said things do feel they feel hugely different in almost kind of less in terms of the actual process of working and more just on the emotional side of things. So um, I'm nowhere near as productive as I was pre-corona. And I'm also finding that my kind of whole strategy has massively shifted. So whereas before I was focusing on very specific projects and very specific types of work, right now I'm in a kind of crisis mode. So I'm doing any project that I can um, that I can find basically and um, prioritizing I said well prioritizing making money basically because right now I am still able to make money both in terms of I'm fit and healthy and well and um, also in terms of like I said the projects most of the projects that I was really working on is still ongoing um, or previous clients that I, I had been working for are still current, currently accepting work. So whilst that is, continues to be the case, that is what I'm doing. Um, so it's more of a kind of, the biggest shift for me has been more of a strategic one. Um, and there's also obviously been a huge emotional shift as well, um, which I'm sure we'll kind of get into further on. But that's kind of, those are sort of the big differences, I would say. Tiffany, what about for you? Have you found it difficult to adjust or was it smooth sailing the the biggest major change that I had is I've always worked from home but now I have a housemate who also is now at home and is an office person so suddenly I had a colleague when I've been used to having the whole free reign to myself so that was a big um adjustment um because she has a lot of calls and I'm used to complete silence um but we took about a week I would say to adjust to sharing the space and even then it still um takes a lot of navigating and thought but what is quite nice is kind of over time we've almost become colleagues so I've got used to sort of talking to her about ideas because she does work in a similar space um but that's like a very physical thing that's changed from before and after and as Anna alluded to there's also the emotional side of things that have made things feel different because day to day I've always been at home working at home I barely would leave the house on a lot of days but yeah it feels very very different so I wanted to talk to you first of all about this kind of the practicality of working from home so I did um, a webinar for a group of female entrepreneurs a couple of days ago and one of them has been used to working in an office so she's been in an office and she literally quit her job about a minute before coronavirus and lockdown hit and she has been used to being in office the whole time and her plan really was to build up and create that office environment all over again and suddenly she's at home and she doesn't know how to turn it into a working environment what are some of your suggestions for how to create that work home space so I think the first thing I will say before I go into the tips is that 
um, it's really important to acknowledge and appreciate that we're not working at home under normal circumstances. We're, we're trying to work during a pandemic. So I think it's, you know, even for people who are super used to working from home, like me, like Tiffany, we are also really struggling and everything that I've, you know, I've been working from home very happily for the last three years and I've always loved working from home. And now I, you know, I'm really, really finding it, I'm just really finding it difficult and I'm finding all of the things that I used to do, all of my routines, they aren't really working for me and I, I've had to massively adapt. So that's one thing I kind of will say to, to kind of begin with, which is basically be really kind to yourself because um, this isn't, this isn't, it's almost like an unfair representation of what working from home looks like. So I'll say that. Um, and then the other kind of things are, um, I do think it's really important to have some kind of workspace, some kind of dedicated workspace. And that's absolutely fine if it's the end of the kitchen table or if it's a chair in your room um, or if it's, um, I mean, ideally it wouldn't be your bed, but if that's where you're going to kind of, <laughs> if that's where you're going to do your best work, so be it. Um, but that's do try recording this far. Yeah. <laughs> if you can try to at least kind of carve out some little nook if you're finding it uncomfortable um if you don't have a proper desk and a proper chair use your ironing board as a standing desk but try to find some little area of your house that becomes your workspace um and then beyond that i think it's really important to work in a way that is um actually going to fit you and your energy levels and your and your particular working style and um and how you actually like to work so I'm a massive fan of routine. And before Corona, I had a pretty standard routine that I followed, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, whereas now I have to reset my routine every day and what worked for me yesterday might not work for me today. And I think it's just about, um, just having that flexibility and having, um, giving yourself enough breathing room, but applying some, if it works for you, applying some structure around your day so that you kind of, um sort of know where you're headed and you've you've set up your day in a what in a way that actually is going to serve you best do you think tiffany that you would agree with that concept of a kind of setting up a structure for the day because i'm somebody who has a real value around freedom and one of the reasons that i like my working life is that it has lots of different elements to it and if i don't like one bit i drop it and i focus more on another and i used to be able to work from wherever i pleased and that really played into that value of freedom. And in the last few weeks, I'm having to create structure and I'm finding it quite difficult. Yeah, I'm more like you where I think freedom and variety are two things that very much I really value. So I have about three or four different workspaces, dedicated mm -hmm. workspaces in the flat. And I partly have to move around because of what I said before about um, having to share the space. But I, I don't think it's just that because I did that when I was on my own as well. Yeah. But I think with regards to structuring the day, so I start every day by writing down what I'm going to do and then a rough guide of when, but that gets rewritten quite a lot during the day. <laughs> so I have an order that I more do it based on priority. Like I'm going to do this, then this, then that. And then I have the times of set things, um, e.g. this conversation. Um, but then it's always moving around and I'm always rewriting it. So it's a mix of structure so I can start my day with knowing what's happening, but then also the flexibility to move around. So that's how I balance those two things. Why do you think at the moment we are particularly in need of structure? 
I think it's because having routines and rituals can just bring a bit of comfort Mm. at a time when everything around you is very stressful. However, I do say that with caution because I think people's instinct right now during uncertain times is try is to exert as much control as possible when, and you know, routine and structure is kind of one way that you do that. I think it's really important to acknowledge that there are so many things that are out of our control Mm. and um, it's not so much about, it's not so much about um, trying to control your way out of it. It's just about changing the things that you can change um, and just knowing that, you know, we are in a very chaotic and uncertain time right now. Um, I mean, for me personally, the value I find in structure is that it just gives me something to kind of anchor my day and just gives me some kind of direction and a path because if left to my own devices, I would otherwise just sit and I would scroll endlessly on social media or I would just keep watching the news over and over again. And and all that would do is contribute to more and more worry. Um, And the same with, you know, if I'm not directly kind of um, looking at negative things and bringing negative energy into my orbit, if I have no structure to my working day, I'm just going to be, trying to work on too many different things Mm. at different times. I'm not going to be prioritizing the things that really need my attention now. Um, And all that does is just adds another layer of stress and worry to an already very stressful time. You mentioned something that that I want to pick up on. So two things actually, which is first one's around the concept of rituals and second one is around our obsession with the news cycle. But let's start with rituals. Do you think that there are, or do you have certain rituals that for you feel really important to set a tone for your working lives? Yeah, definitely. So I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I've always been someone who's done various activities, I guess, want of a better way of describing it, um, in order to set my day up well. So for example, I often will start my day by journaling, where basically I just kind of write down everything that's in my head just to kind of get out of my head and onto the page. Um, I also have a gratitude practice. So I write down things I'm grateful for every morning um, and kind of like stuff like that. Um, What I've realized going into this period is that I was doing all of those things because I was trying to self-optimize and be as be on my best form so that I could be as productive as possible. Whereas now I do things um, because they actually, because, because they are making me feel good because they are helping me get through this stressful time. So I'm journaling more. I'm also now meditating. I'm also, um, when I go on, when I take my dogs for a walk, I'm trying to do so mindfully and actually engage with them and play with them because animals are such a blessing right now because they don't know what's going on and they're just, they're a constant in all of this. Um, and the best way I can describe the shift is the difference between when you exercise to lose weight and when you exercise to be healthy. Mm. So it's about why you're actually doing something. And that's, I think when it becomes a ritual and that's when I kind of, you know, it's not that I necessarily have to meditate every day at a certain time sat in a certain spot. It's just that the act of meditation is something that when I'm feeling really ungrounded, it's something that I know I can do to bring me back down to earth almost. Um, I know it sounds all very woo woo, but honestly, it's, uh, (laughs) it's, um, it's been really, really transformative. 
what about you tiff do you have work rituals or are you more like in work mode i'm in work mode home home i i have the same little things i do in a routine like way so i wake up every morning fairly early go and get a cup of tea and then i'll read my book and then now i've added into that i then do my stretching because I've started running and my lower back really hurts so if I don't stretch twice a day I can't keep running and um so now I yes I read my book do my do some stretches and then um then I get on with my day and I, I write every morning when I wake up I write read stretch eat a crumpet and like <laughs> I have a tea I have a tea do those things then have my breakfast but I write down my food and everything and then it's really, I know it's really nice to cross things off the list really early on in the day and feel like you've done something. Um, and similarly, um, every night me and my housemate watch uh, TV together. I've now decided that I want to be in my room by 10, 10 p.m. and start the wind down process because it's so easy mm. to stay up late if you don't have to go anywhere the next day. So as you say, I've, I've, I am actually becoming more structured in this current environment. I used to not think about things like that, but that's what's happening now. Do you think that we are becoming a little bit, you know, sort of three weeks into, not quite, but nearly three weeks into lockdown in the UK, are we becoming a little bit institutionalised? So listening to both of you talk, is like, it's something really lovely and calming about this, but there's also something which is like, oh my God, have we got to the point where like, as Anna said, you're looking for things that we can control. And if that is writing my journal, I will write my journal. Is it? Is it a way of trying to kind of find any space for ourselves in a world that feels like it's being controlled by something or someone else? I think a lot about control in general, because I think that we have um, an overinflated um, idea of how much we can control things in life. And I think that's something that exists anyway but because right now with what's happening we're really faced with the fact that we really can't control what's happening and um i'm <laughs> um, sorry i've actually forgotten um what your question was about control <laughs> but but I, I can't remember my question <laughs> it was something along the lines of um are we are we using what these kind of little rituals these ways of creating structure oh, yeah. and space in our life purely because we need to find something that we can control or does it really help us right so where I was going with that is I feel um I I don't think that that's why I'm doing those things because I think I've talked a lot about surrendering to sort of what's things you can't control and I think it's actually more about survival um <laughs> rather than control and it's interesting you talked about being institutionalized because I keep thinking about um, if I was in prison, mentally, yeah. how would I get through it? I would be taking one day at a time. I would be yeah. making the best use of my room that I have, which I'm doing now, and um, just really focusing on one day and focusing on the positives, whether that's a gratitude list. So it's interesting you use that word, but I, but I think it's about survival and protecting my mental health rather than mm. trying to control things that I can't control. Survival is like an interesting word right now because that goes back a little bit to what you were saying earlier on about being in crisis mode. And one of the things that I'm really aware of is that this is the first week where I felt like I'm kind of awake 
to what is going on. I feel like I've had two weeks that I've kind of slept walked through a little bit. And this is the first week where I'm like, okay, well, actually, if I if I want to come out of this on the other side, not just with my own physical health, but actually with a business and with some work and with clients, I need to kick on a bit and I need to be a bit more proactive about making stuff happen. Are you feeling like that as well? Has the, I, I've, the way I describe it is that yesterday I had a day where I was like, Every, everything made me cry yesterday everything made me cry but it felt like actually it was really important to have that because what it did was it sort of created literal space in my body for a bit of fire to start up and for me to go okay actually now now I need to do this now I need to get this moving now I need to fire this up have you got into that place or are you still in a sort of we'll just keep going and see what happens So my reaction to all of this has been that I've been really, really up and down and I've been violently swinging between feeling really productive and like I can tackle this and I can do whatever I need to do to protect my business, to protect my mental health, all of that. And then sort of 10 minutes later, I'm lying on a slump in a slump on the, on the sofa, unable to even get up, let alone do any work. Um, what I've been finding is that the gaps between those two states has been widening. And so that I've been in the productive mode for a bit longer. Um, but it is something that I am actively thinking about, you know, what do I need to do right now that will protect my business, protect my freelancing? Um, but also are there things that I need to be thinking about as we eventually come out of this? Um, I do think that we are still still quite early on into this process. So it's very likely that the lockdown itself will be extended. And also yeah. once lockdown ends, it's not going to be immediately we're all released out of our houses and we just all yeah. start run, running free in the streets. We, we will we gradually ease out of this. So this we will be in this situation for a long time. And um, there is time to kind of think very carefully about how you want to um, prepare for the future. Um, and it's basically that really fine balance between continuing to be in survival mode and continuing to do what you need to do on any given day to make sure that you have work in and that things are okay and stable. Um, and, and then gradually start to think about what the future is going to look like. Um, because one thing that I've, I've found that was really helpful is I, um, I read a piece on the Harvard Business Review about how in times of stress, making decisions isn't necessarily, making big decisions isn't necessarily a good thing to be doing. And if you can put off making huge decisions, do it. So um, I'm definitely not kind of thinking, oh God, do I need to do something really drastic, like change careers or retrain in some very technical skill. I thought a few times, yeah. Yeah, for a few university courses, decided I was going to stay, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So things like that, I think, should be parked. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just starting to. Re- it's, I guess it's shifting from you know at the moment I'm very in you know one day at a time, the immediate. What do I need to do today? And then you just start to kind of shift to slightly medium term, then kind of move into longer term. So you know, move from thinking about what you just gonna, what you're going to do just for today, then move to okay, what am I going to do over maybe the next couple of weeks? And then start thinking, okay, what's my, what's the rest of my quarter going to look like? So just take that gradually. Um, and, you know, don't feel too, that's the other thing is that it's a very double-edged sword of everyone being in this together. So on the one hand, it's it's great that there is a communal understanding quite literally across across the globe 
that everyone is struggling right now and things are very off. At the same time, that also means there are people on social media, in the, in uh, you know, on broadcast, in papers, everywhere, projecting what they're doing and talking about how they're handling this. Um, and then people, then you know, you consume that and you start to worry. Oh God, am I not? Am I doing this wrong because yeah. I'm not launching a podcast or learning a language or God knows what? Um, no is the answer yeah in fact I'd really appreciate if you would stop launching podcasts stop now stop there's enough Um, um, do you think this is going to change how we think about work because the other thing about survival and I sort of brushed over it a bit casually but I had this thought yesterday which is I had this thought in my slightly dramatic crying phase yesterday where I was like oh my god I could I could literally not survive this so the this this is probably the most kind of imminent threat of death that I've had in my life apart from when I was a child and I was very sick and um and it sort of put a lot of things into perspective which was actually really me worrying about whether or not I am the most successful whatever is quite a vacuous thought have I just have I gone too deep on coronavirus or is no, this no I justified? Um, I I love this question because I think what you're talking about is perspective and mm-hmm. thinking about the role that work should play in our lives and that's one of my favorite topics to <laughs> talk about so perfect <laughs> let's, let's go let's deep. go there um but as you say I think um people there's a few things going on one there's that imminent threat of death that is scary and in our podcast episode about motivation I talked a lot about how my death is very much at the forefront of my mind Mm. and (laughs) that's quite rare but also I find that very motivating because you're you're questioning why you're doing things what matters in life Um, so there's that perspective around being aware of death but something else is happening where in a way everything's been stripped away from us and we have to stay at home what, yeah. what what are we doing in response to that? We're not buying loads of clothes or spending money. We're reaching out to people we care about. We're worrying about people we care about and connection and people is what matters more to us than anything else. And so hopefully those two things can make people think a bit more carefully about the role work plays in its life, in their lives, how it should fit into their lives in a way that allows for the things that really matter in life, which is people, connection and perspective as well. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. You said there that you know you think you're quite. Um, there's a kind of small group of people for whom, outside of this, their death is a kind of it's a, almost a motivating factor. They're aware of it. They think about it. They give it time and perspective. Where does that come from for you? I think it comes from having sadly gone to young people's funerals and um, and being made aware at quite a young age of our mortality um, and also having had experiences of grief. I think yeah. that you, I think that you, um, in a way when everything's sort of been taken away from you in that way and and there's a lot of talk about how what's happening now is similar to grief and it is the extent that there's that loss and everything that you understood it has been once near it and then kind of what can come out of that um can be greater meaning or understanding of how to yeah. exist so i think that's where that um that comes from or i'm just a tad morbid who knows <laughs> um i i think what you said about grief is really interesting because i think it's it's so fascinating to me to see so many people and myself included have this kind of like a sense of loss around stuff that previously not only did we take for granted but maybe we didn't even like that much you know so I've talked to people who are really missing their working environments who are missing their commute who feel a sense of loss that they don't have to work directly with their boss anymore even though I only ever heard them complain about them and I think within grief, there is loss. And then there's also longing. There's a kind of longing for what was and now has to, in some way, shape, or has to change shape and form. And I really, I really feel that about my kind of working life at the moment, which is a kind of, I have a real longing for an element of structure and somebody else to be the grown up and tell me what to do, which are things that I've kind of deliberately <laughs> kept out of my working life because I don't really love them <laughs> and yet right now there is a longing for them which isn't which probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the current circumstances do you think then that if we are starting to use this period to kind of really rethink what it is we want what it is we're here for you know ultimately what is valuable in our life do you think this is going to change how we feel about our working culture. So the reason I bring this up is because I wrote an article for the iPaper this week um, about the concept of workaholism and how actually we are a nation of workaholics. We work some of the longest hours in Europe. We take the least amount of holiday time and we take pride in that. You know, it's, it's very rare that you ask somebody, oh, you know, how's work? And they say, oh, not up to very much at the moment. And that's lovely. You know, we, we take pride in being busy. And it really struck me that, you know, when um, both Boris Johnson and Matt Hancock very sadly got coronavirus, that both of them made a real point of saying, but we will be working through it. Even though actually all the medical advice is, if you get it, 
go to bed, take paracetamol, sleep. Do you think perhaps we will come out of this period of time with less interest in our work and more interest in our overall well-being? I realistically think that it will cause an quite a big um, gap between there will be some people who will become even more workaholics and there will some, be some people who take their well-being a lot more seriously. So, um, and I think this comes back to the conversation about control because I think there are lots of people out there who are finding that work is the one area that they, is an area that they can control and they're almost finding some kind of solace in productivity and in feeling like they're achieving things, whether it be something as big as a, big as kind of a job where you are quite literally leading the country through through this crisis all the way down to as Tiffany mentioned ticking things off your to-do list I think I think people are are getting quite a lot of fulfillment right now out of things like that and so I think that for some people there will be there, there will be even more workaholism going on um, whereas at the other end of the spectrum are the people who are having a bit of a come to Jesus moment and thinking, oh my God, I cannot believe I have been wasting all my time on a career I didn't care about or in a job that I didn't really like or doing this thing that wasn't really for me or working, you know, working when I should have been with my family. Mm. Um, and people will start to, and, you know, those people will start to take their well-being a lot more seriously. Um, I also kind of, I'm getting the sense from talking to um, both employers and employees that, the general conversation around mental health is also improving in workplaces because stand-up meetings, Slack, um, yeah. Zoom meetings are starting with a conversation of how is everyone actually doing right now? Let's all check in with each other. Um, and hopefully that kind of thing will carry on after this ends. Um, so I do think in reality that we're just, you know, I do I think that um, coronavirus is going to have a drastic change on work and we're going to see you know a, a two-step change into the way we work but it's going to happen at both ends of the spectrum both for good and for bad um sorry for giving such a diplomatic answer <laughs> no that's very diplomatic what would you like to see happen i would like to see um well-being uh, employee well-being shift from lip service to actually something concrete and um employers offering flexible working because they have seen that this is that working from home even in the midst of a global pandemic does work can work and makes their makes some of their employees happy um and um an appreciation that people have as you know as we've all discussed on this episode you know people are having good days and bad days and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason um i would really hope that employers recognize for people who've never experienced any kind of mental health um, issues before I hope that they realize that how people are feeling right now is how some people live their lives all the time pandemic or no pandemic yeah. um, and that perhaps that empathy carries over that sometimes people just need a break and sometimes people need to structure their days in certain ways to look after their mental health for the sake of looking after their mental health not so that they're optimizing their productivity and their ability mm -hmm. to perform their their jobs um, so yeah, that is what I hope and that um, people, um, you know, don't become even more workaholic than they already are. Yeah. 
final thoughts then i guess when we are uh, no two questions um for both of you in whichever order you like um firstly when we are through this what do you think will be the impact on how each of you work and what would you tell somebody who right now is listening to this podcast and thinking I don't know if I'm getting this right I don't know if I am actually gonna come through this with a job or feeling like I've achieved anything from it um when I'm thinking about what the impact is going to be um I heard someone talk about the how uh airports were never the same again after 9 11 yeah and i always find that comparison quite helpful because things will feel different mm. but it we can still go to the airport i hope um and with regards to um how that will impact how i work similarly i think i was pretty um overconfident maybe not never really that paranoid about certain things so as a freelancer I think I will be more in a disaster planning mode or be a bit more aware that things are less secure than I thought they would be and again similarly as some governments may not be lax about sort of uh, pandemic planning I similarly don't think I'll ever take anything work-wise for granted again and just be a bit more aware about planning planning things. So I think it will change how I work in those different ways. Um, and should I do the second one? I don't, um, as well at the same time. Um, I think, as you said, people who said they don't know how they're gonna get through this. Um, I just wanna quickly say that a lot of people are either lost their jobs, been made redundant or furloughed. And that's something both Anna and I have actually been through ourselves mm. and again it's um a f emotionally horrific thing to go through and we very much uh came out the other side and often from our lowest point does come uh the things that you're most grateful for and appreciate so you don't need to worry about achieving anything or whether you're doing something right but i do i will do promise you that uh it will get better and you'll be able to go to the airport again thank you anna um I think the thing that I'm going to, or how work will look different for me is I want to work less. Um, I've long, I've been toying with the idea of going down to a four day work week. And um, it's that thing of the, you know, not one day today kind of thing. So I think it's, um, that's something that I want to look in, like, look at how can I actually start working less? Because for me, this, the reflection that I've done and the realizations that I've made is that, um, I was working too much and I do work too much and too much of what I do. I tie too much of my identity to what I do. And, um, I need to put some boundaries and put some distance around that both kind of actual boundaries and also mental boundaries as well. Um, and in terms of people worrying that they're not doing this right, that you know, there really is no right way to do a pandemic. Mm. And um, I completely echo everything that Tiffany said, and also will add to it that if you're doing whatever you need to do to get you through this, be that financially, emotionally, work-wise, 
you are doing the right thing. Um, the only thing that you can do wrong right now is not obey the guidelines about staying at home. Um, there is literally nothing else that you could possibly be doing wrong right now. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, if you want more wisdom and just general brilliance from Anna and Tiff, I absolutely cannot recommend their podcast. Is this working uh, more? It's fantastic. There's a particularly brilliant episode on resilience. If you want to check that out, uh, that I might have had a hand in. Um, and ladies, if people want to talk to you or find you on social media, where can they find you? Um, Tiffany. I'm at Tiff Philippou, which is spelled T-I-F-F and then P-H-I-L-I-P-P-O-U on Insta and social. And um, is this working? We are on Twitter. Oh, yeah. At, <laughs> at um, is this underscore working? So you can find us there. Thank you. Anna. I am at Anna Cod on instagram and twitter um and on both of those places in the bio and my pin tweets is all of the details about my podcast and other things that i do um and yeah otherwise find us on any place that you get your podcasts with is this working um i will flag that all up on our socials as well coming up in the next few weeks here on barrison's hour we are going to be talking about how to manage the news cycle have you been sucked into the news cycle are you obsessively watching the prime minister's briefings and everything on twitter we are going to get some expert help on how you can know what's going on without kind of losing track of it um or losing track of your mind in the process uh, we're going to be looking at our relationship with alcohol um mine right now is very healthy it's a very very loving relationship that i have with alcohol right now uh we're going to look at that and we are going to be looking at dealing with your loved ones when you're living with them 24 7 uh, we'll get some relationship advice if there's anything else that you want to know anything else you want to talk about please do let us know you can find us at badass women's hour hr badass women's hour on all the socials or of course you come and talk to me at harriet minter um, and if you like this podcast you know what you should do rate review and subscribe give us a lovely five stars like the hotels we will all be going back to the second we're allowed out um uh, leave us a little review tell us what you think and subscribe and tell a friend and we'll be here again next week you've been listening to badass women's hour if you like the show then help more people find us you can tag us or talk to us on social media using at badass women's hour or you can be really lovely and leave us a review and a rating five stars please it helps boost us up the podcast rankings and allows other people to find us we'll be back next week with more badass guests and in-depth chat Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 